0: But I can definitely know the difference when people, as soon as they figure out like you're Latina, like oh okay, like hmm, what's like they their character changes.
1: And I feel like that's part of uh, how our history just got taken away from us. How there's not really a lot of known history on like who we are. Mm -hmm. So people look at us like, what did you guys do? (laughs) It's like we actually did a lot. Yeah, it's just it was never told in a very broad way. we are back at latinx nations i'm your host sarah with my co-host Carla. what's up so i'm so glad to hear everyone's back i'm loving the feedback from the past episodes and i hope you guys continue it we have our guest here matthew torres he's going to be giving a shout outs and we're going to dive into what he's all about and hopefully we find something interesting about him <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: hopefully <laughs> we'll, we'll see <laughs> um, all right so shout outs for me I, I love coffee so um, there's an amazing Latino coffee shop called Confidential Coffee in Long Beach, so shout out to them. They're doing some dope like cafe de olla. Um Shout out oh. to Primera um, Tasa in downtown LA. Um, their new um, little coffee shops is called um, Cafe, and um, Chewy's doing amazing things like importing only roasted coffee from um, Guadalajara. Um, so if you want to like focus on like Latino coffee, those two guys, um, those two coffee shops are doing like amazing thing that Mm -hmm. are, um, real like Latinx centric.
0: Do you know when, uh, confidential, confidential, Mm -hmm. when do they open?
2: Uh, no, they're already open. They're the ones that we, we did the, um, the workshop at. Okay. Yeah.
0: Collaboral, Collaboral coffee. Collaborative. Collaborative. Yeah. Yeah. They open.
2: uh, Yeah. Um think like probably within the next two months. I'm excited. Yeah. For that. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's okay. up in Lakewood or like Lakewood. What is, what's that area? What's above Lakewood? Like Southgate? Bellflower. Bellflower. That kind of area. So which sorry. I think it's
0: great because there's actually not a whole lot no. of coffee shops over there. Yeah. Like the other day we were heading to Disney and <laughs> I had to make like a, like a detour pretty much to Black Ring, which I mean, I'm not complaining about it because Black Ring is great uh, to go get coffee, but I'm on the south, the north end. North end of Long Beach and mm-hmm. there's like really not a whole lot of coffee out there
1: Yeah, and North side of Long Beach is not that much, but like you go to Bellflower or you go to Artesia or even Bounty, Artesia does or,
0: have a couple they have um, I like going to Bakers and Baristas. They're pretty good at like Um, their coffee. Yeah, well. you go to those
1: areas. That's where you find it more But in like in North side of Long Beach, it's not really much. Yeah
0: hmm. idea Idea. idea. <laughs> <laughs> but Anyways, um so Matt, thanks for being on our podcast this week. Like yeah, I'm, man, I appreciate I'm super it. Exci- excited. Um, I do have a disclaimer though actually aside from this side note. Uh, I know that a few days ago we recorded and we gave a shout out to Viva la Mujer <laughs> and we said everybody go buy your tickets and obviously we're posting the episode after the event so guys i'm sorry for doing that
1: my bad my bad
0: we we tend to do that a couple i forgot times. who said it but it probably, was probably me honestly that's probably me I but really um know. anyways so um so matt tell us a little bit about yourself
2: yeah uh, well thank you so much for having me honestly it's like we we met uh, at the cupping event yeah Yeah. uh, Sal and I and then we've met at a women's event last year Mm -hmm. and uh, I just love what you guys are doing and you guys invited me on so um, and it's dope because like you guys really are portable we're doing this in my house which is like, awesome like I feel very comfortable good good I've done a few podcasts before in other locations Mm -hmm. and it's like oh man like it's not my space so thank you for coming so yeah, of course. Um, yeah so uh, who, who am I uh, so, um, <laughs> so I, I grew up in San Pedro um, I grew up like in the 90s uh, and I lived in San Pedro until like middle school moved to Arizona um, and then all throughout high school and then I went ended up going to the University of Arizona there. So I studied business communications, graduated right in the middle of like the recession. So it was like super hard to find a job. Somehow got into like the tech industry and being in the tech industry, it's mostly white. Um, so, um, it was just kind of like navigating all of this like identity and, being a person of color in a boardroom that is probably 90% white, 5% Asian, and then the other 5% like people of other nationalities, Latino, black, um, things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, and uh, I got really into coffee like five, six years ago, and then started a coffee club. Uh, And that's how we met. And yeah, so, and now I've been living in Long Beach for the past seven eight years or so i got married it'll be two years in october now nice. we have a rad dog called yeah. bronson that you guys bronson. just met yeah, yeah. Oh, super,
0: cute, super cute
2: super friendly too. yeah i appreciate um, that yeah. yeah
0: so what's what sparked the coffee desire starbucks.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean okay now starbucks has this place sorry sorry yeah, yeah. I, just had to... <laughs> I just had to you
2: know what like in High school, college. I worked um, at like a retail store, um, and I would go to Starbucks for Frappuccinos. See? But yeah. I wouldn't think like coffee. Yeah. I would think milkshake. Like it was like, oh, it's really uh, okay. sweet. Same. And yeah. So I would go there and then get these massive drinks that were probably <laughs> like a hundred grams of sugar. It's now a now lot I'm thinking of sugar. about it. yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. They were delicious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I remember one thing happened to me and I started drinking coffee. I didn't really drink coffee outside of the Frappuccinos every now and then. Mm-hmm. But um, in college, I took an energy drink and like had a panic attack. And oh, then yeah. I was like, okay, I can't take the five-hour energy drinks anymore. Mm-hmm. So I started doing coffee every now and then. Okay. And it was just like... Uh, I would say, like, gas station coffee, like, a bunch of, like, hazelnut cr- and, and yeah. like, cream and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and then I started working um, in the tech industry, and uh, they always had coffee. And, like, I saw everyone in the office drink coffee. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I guess this is, like, a morning thing. So I would start drinking it, and most of it was, like, pods and, like, real basic coffee. Mm-hmm. But the, the moment where I really dove into coffee was... I went to a local shop um, down the street from here called Lord Windsor and I tried their cold brew for the first time and they like told me it was from Kenya and I was like really intimidated to order and I like felt really out of place but so like I got the bottle of cold brew and went home and then tried it because I just like didn't feel comfortable in the space and um... And I tried it, and it had a lot of flavors, and then that was, like, my experience where, like, I just wanted to drink more of this mm. special kind of coffee. Yeah. So, yeah. it started there, and then it was, like, a rabbit hole. Yeah. After that. so <laughs> It really is. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's,
0: especially cold brew. Oh, my God. I drink that so much when cold brew was becoming so popular. Yeah. I can't drink it anymore. Oh, I like, remember. I can't yeah. drink it any- Like, I, I get, like, I don't know, like, I guess the closest feeling to what, like, Vertigo would be, like, I'll have like a couple sips and I'll be like, oh my God, I can't even like sit still or I can't even like see straight. Like I can't. And I love it. I love it. But it's like I can't have it. It's crazy. (laughs) So um, what was the environment growing up? Like what are your what's your ethnicity?
2: Yeah. So um, I'm Mexican. I grew up I'm third generation on both sides. So I'm pretty far removed from uh, from like my Mexican roots. It was very much so. My dad and mom's generation like assimilated a lot, so like they were growing up in like the sixties and seventies, and listening to the Doors and Jimi Hendrix and like mm-hmm. not so much like cumbias and like Latin merengue and, and, and like things that mm-hmm. like, like most like Latinos like would grow up listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was born, it was mostly like. 90s hip hop and like um, <laughs> terrible 80s music and things along those lines and I didn't really grow up with like a lot of um, I would say like cultural identity really honed in. It was mostly like I would get that when I would go visit my grandma. My grandma um, is from Sacatecas and she oh really? Yeah oh nice. Um she migrated here and she has a crazy story where her like parents were gypsies And then they, like, gave her away to the sister that was a nun. And she, like, took her cousin's identity. It honestly should be a movie. But she came over here um, when she was, like, 16. She met my grandfather. Um, She worked at the canneries. There used to be, like, tuna canneries in San Pedro. Hmm. And then my grandfather got a job as a linesman. So, essentially, like, a longshoreman, like, tying up um, ships and stuff um, when they, like, would dock. So, uh, but I would get most of my, what I would say, like my introduction to who I am as uh, a Mexican man um, from her, just because it would be like, always like pinto beans on the stove. She would mm-hmm. make harina, like tortillas, like, oh. like chorizo every morning. Oh, like yeah. it was like, that. I was like, I love this. And then my other grandma was more like Betty Crocker, like mm-hmm. she would cook everything from scratch, bake uh-huh. things, but not so much like, like traditional dishes, more Americanized. So it was like okay. very interesting, but, um, wow, so
1: you, you got both sides.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I, they didn't like my parents didn't speak Spanish, like growing up. So I and I grew up with, I would say like my early years majority white people. So that really Mm -hmm. shaped of like how I talk today and how I inflect and like all the, like the, the early years was that. And then I moved to Arizona and then most of my friends were Latino, some white, but like, um, African American. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then from there, I like, I was like, Oh man, like my homie's like always making fun of me, calling me a coconut because um, brown on the outside, white on the inside. So like, what does this mean? So in college, I really like dove into like who I am and mm-hmm. took like Latino studies classes and things like that. The University of Arizona was like a good place to learn mm-hmm. those roots.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Oh. Nice. Um, what did you uh, like discover when you were going into those classes? Like, what was it? Something that got you hooked?
2: Um, I, I, think like it really made me take a step back and look at like who I am, like from the inside out, not the outside in. Um, and from there, like I, I think like selfishly when it's about you, like you, you want to like, once you're hooked, like you, there's no turning back. Like you want to know like who you are, where you came yeah. from, how they migrated here, like me and my dad, when I was in college, went to New York. but <laughs> like, we went to Statue of Liberty, and we are going to go to Ellis Island. And he was like, nah, we don't need to do that. Like, we didn't come this way. Like, we came we here <laughs> can't can't from the other, <laughs> to the other side. And I was just like, oh, shoot. Like, for real. Like, that's, it's honestly, like, it's cool to see, like, historical landmarks. But, like, that's not our story. Yeah. So, um, I think things like that. Yeah. So.
0: Have you traveled to Mexico?
2: Yeah, a lot. Um, we used to always go growing up. Um, we had a lot of family in Ensenada, um, so my family there was, um, like fishermen. So like, they would like always have like seafood and parties and weddings and quitinieras and things like that. Um, I've been to like Chihuahua, uh, Cancun, things like that. But like, um, I haven't been, so part of the, my family's from Zacatecas. I still haven't been there. And the other side is from Michoacan. So, those are the two places I really want to go visit. Um, I still I, I was really young when I went to Mexico City, so I want to go back there, and then I really want to go visit Veracruz, um, because mm-hmm. some of the best Mexican coffee I've ever had was from Veracruz. Veracruz. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> cool, cool. It's Do the hear- soil, man.
2: Yeah, and the altitude, yeah. and it's like perfect. It's where they uh, filmed Apocalypto. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't think so. I've seen that movie pretty crazy hmm. i seen it when i was like really really young so i don't remember a lot of it yeah but i found out a lot of facts about it growing up i'm like i should watch that movie again yeah and I,
2: always I, I always forget but like i just remember how lush and beautiful and jungle it was hmm. and i'm like oh that's where they
0: is this different. more south in mexico or yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's more south in mexico it's like next to uh El df okay
0: mm-hmm. it's the
1: big country next to country big state next to the it's very high altitude. It's like it's, it's like the closest thing to a jungle that we have in Mexico. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And hmm. what was part of the Apocalyptico was Aztecs.
2: I th- I think so.
1: I want to say it was.
2: By the way, your guys' is like Incas and Aztecs episode was really dope. I oh, you liked it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah I was. was really cool. Um, did you guys ever watch the? Um, What's his name? The Colombian dude, stand-up comedian. Which one? Leg Leguizano.
1: Yeah, John Leguizamo. Is that the one you special,
2: showed me? That special. That special is dope. That oh, oh, sure. was crazy. Because like they tried to do it again with like um... Kevin Hart. Yeah, and it wasn't the same.
1: Well, it's just it's just different, like a different yeah, story, I think like culture. I really
2: like the format, not mm. like the comparing cultures at all. But I think the format was really really awesome. That like John yeah. Leguizamo and then like all the things he did, but he's a really good, like, he's really good at nonverbal, um, acting. It's so, like, he yeah. like uses a lot. It dances really well. He's just like, yeah. I, I'm yeah. a big fan. I think yeah.
0: I, it made me cry. Honestly, yeah, 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 It made was, me like, to cry. Yeah. I just, didn't like, know all of that. Yeah. It just like blew my mind of, I mean, I'm not Mexican, but, or what is he? He's Puerto Rican he's and C- Colombian. Colombian? Colombian? Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm not, like none of that, but like as in the Latin culture, it was just like it kind of like sucked me in. I'm like, oh my god! Like, there's so much more to all our ancestors, you know. But yeah. we just like, as time goes on, it just it's being it's being erased as Over. if we don't pay attention to it, which is sad.
1: Yeah, it is sad, and that's why I'm so glad that he did that uh, as one of his specials. And how Kevin Hart did it, he did it in a very comedic way. He did it in his way, and I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me. It's something that I've been hearing since I was young, Mm -hmm. throughout school. I learned a lot more about black history than I did about my own. Mm -hmm. So, seeing that, I'm glad that he's bringing that to a newer generation. To Mm -hmm. ensuring that, hey, you're going to learn about your history. You're going to learn about what this country did, and good or bad, because you learn from it. That's what I love about history. Mm -hmm. But, what I did love about John Leguizamo is his format like you said and how he just made it really personal oh yeah where he involved the story with his son Same. and then he included it throughout the whole thing it mm-hmm. was just, it was wonderful to tie it all together yeah. yeah
2: i i think like he essentially like played three roles in that without like Distinctly saying he was playing through roles, mm-hmm. he played like a professor, he played a stand-up comedian, and then he played a father. Yeah, and he went through those roles like easily, and I was just like, "Man, that like takes a lot of talent and a lot of like strategy to like think about all those things." And I think the storytelling was like unreal.
1: So, have yeah. you seen any of his past specials? They're all pretty similar to that. Really. Are they? I haven't. They're like, they're like a Broadway show. He's like a one-man Broadway show. Yeah, if you've seen his specials and. It's crazy, and he doesn't have that many because he acts still. Mm-hmm. And then he became a father. And then last time I saw him was in like John Wick movies.
2: Oh, Okay, yeah. I haven't seen any of those. I heard they're good. Oh my god, they're so good! They're so good. <laughs> Isn't there a new one that just came out? Yeah, yeah the third just one, right? Came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And those movies are crazy, and I love that he's in them because that's the era that he was part of with Keanu Reeves. Was they were in movies together, and then they knew each other. That was the era. That was the nineties era. Yeah, with mm-hmm. those two guys so i'm glad that they're in this movie together and i told you about that movie yeah you did Where... i think
0: you were saying that we we want to go see it but i'm like i don't even know what that is you're like i haven't seen the first or second <laughs> I mean, one I that's I what
2: haven't... i told my cousin but like he said the first one was like one of the best movies he's he's seen
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's a beautiful movie just looking at it but then you it has so much context It's awesome to it. and it's amazing you if you think about it uh, if you dumb it down to like the lowest that you can think of, just paraphrase it. It's a guy that uh attacks someone. It's a guy that kills people that killed his dog that broke into his house. Essentially, but it's so much more than that. If yeah. you look at how they compare his story to Greek mythology, mm. where he's pretty much like destroying the whole pantheon of gods, and he's they're seeing him and they're like he's the boogeyman. And, but he's retired. Uh, and that's the whole premise of the story. Yeah. Like, I love
2: the retired thing, like, like yeah. uh, the Equalizer and all those movies. They're just like these <laughs> are um, the Taken, like all these oh, dudes that yeah. like should be retired, yeah. but like they're badass. So like they yeah. like they come out and they like start killing people. Like <laughs> dang, they're still they still got it. They still, they still got, got it. it. Yeah.
1: And what makes these movies so special is the context that they have and how they. They inform different methodologies into these stories to make them bigger, and they created a whole world of like assassins. Was <coughs> it is it a comic book? Or? No,pe uh,
2: oh, it seems like
1: it, it was based like off done, right? of a
2: comic book or like a superhero. So I think they like from the outside just seeing like little bits and pieces of trailers yeah. and stuff. It looks really rad. Yeah, it's, um, it's beautiful it. how they made it. Nice, cool.
1: So yeah, guys, watch it. This it's amazing, and what's special about this movie is. Everything's very realistic. Mm-hmm. They focus everything on like real fighting styles, real gun training. Like Keanu did a lot of training for these movies. And he does a lot of his own stunts in these movies, except for the ones that they don't let him do. <laughs> yeah, But yeah, he he's always been someone that I very much admired. And these movies are like, they're amazing to me. I love these movies so much. It's cool. So I'm excited he, for it. You sold me. No. Hey, yeah.
0: so movie marathon tomorrow
1: I have the day off <laughs> yeah. hey I'm not working until like Wednesday and that's going to be terrible perfect perfect Matt you're in let's do it, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: cool cool so going back to our topic because I know we kind of got onto like movies then mm-hmm. <laughs> um, speaking of Aztecs like have you done a like ancestry or anything like to look deep down into your roots if there's any of that in in your line, I guess?
2: Yeah, so I, I tried to do one. It was, like, a family tree or something, mm-hmm. and I think I did the wrong one, and it didn't give me any information. Really? That I did. <laughs> so I need to do, like, a 23andMe or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, because, so my last name is Torres, and that's, mo- like, from the Spanish. And um, going back to a question you asked, like, a while ago, of, like, what did you kind of learn from, like, those... Um, classes, and a lot of it was just, like, the Spaniards came in and, like, murdered and, like, did a lot of terrible things, Mm -hmm. and, um, and, like, how much their diseases, like, took out a lot of, like, early lives of indigenous people. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I, I'm pretty fair skin. Um, so I would say I'm probably majority Spanish descent, but it would be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, and because like my grandfather on my dad's side would always say like, we have, um, like Apache in us. And, oh, okay. and then on my mom's side, they would say like, Oh, like there's like Aztecs and like my grandfather on that side rode with, um, What's the dude that was like a revolutionary? Oh, the Pop- Zapata. Yeah, yeah. So and they have like a picture with him like on a horseback. No way! So, oh my god! So I was crazy. just like, "Whoa, that's dope!" So it's crazy. It's like yeah. there's so much to dig into. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah.
1: yeah. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, That's a badass
0: picture to have For in your sure. family. It's serious. <laughs> um, do you have any of like still your family like elders that you stay connected and? You have, like, these deep-down conversations about... Yeah,
2: it's, it's my... Um, it's the oldest sibling on my dad's side. So, my Aunt Ruth is very much so, like, the historian. Her husband was a historian. And, oh, wow. like, she was a teacher. So, she remembers a lot of the stuff and, like, the lineage. So, that's on my dad's side. Um, and we have like, I always like ask questions and that's how I found out about my grandmother's crazy story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on my mom's side, not as much. Um, but the majority of her family like lives in like woodier like East LA. Okay. So uh, more of like the Chicano side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. And so your wife is Guatemalan and Colombian. She is. How man. is that culture? Yeah. Like, come in? Cause that's, she's bringing in a whole different culture to you.
2: For sure. Um, She really, like, motivated me to even, like, go further with, like, understanding who I am. Um, She would always, like, clown on me when we started dating about, like, me not speaking Spanish. And then, like, I sat (laughs) down with her and I was just like, look... I've had this my whole life. And, You're hurting my feelings, And I was <laughs> like, it really hurts. And I, and I'm like, but there's no, like, it's not like I'm not trying. I just have, like, a million ambitions. And, but I understand. So, like, she'll practice with me every now and then. We went to Colombia last year. And um, I came back and was, like, speaking more Spanish than I ever did. And yeah. I was just thinking in my head. I was like, hey, like, maybe I should move to, like, Mexico City or somewhere for, mm-hmm. like, a year. And then just fully immerse myself rather than like doing Duolingo or like Rosetta Stone mm. on the spare time because it's like so hard like I tried to do that with the Japanese and it's just like I learned two words sumimasen and Zaimas, which essentially means like I'm sorry excuse me and thank you very much <laughs> but you get really far by knowing those two things in Japan mm. um but it, it's been dope like diving into like two huge new cultures but that are still like under the umbrella of like Latinx you know like that are just so beautiful and it just goes to show that like how diverse we are as like when you start thinking about it like El Salvadorians compared to like people from Honduras or from Belize or from Colombia. Mm. And then Colombia has desert, they have jungle, they have like all of the climates, and yeah. it's like it's wild. Yeah. I, when we went, we just went through the coastline and like. I'm a huge fan of arepas. Do you guys know what arepas are? They're like familiar, yeah. kind of um, like pancake looking yeah. cornmeal. Yeah, and, and yeah, like yeah, Colombians yeah. and like Venezuelans make okay. arepas. Uh, but, I didn't know Colombians did that. Yeah. I did Venezuela did though. If you ever go to the coast, my favorite arepa type is arepa de huevo. And they literally put like um, a uh, uh, like a fried egg in that arepa so yeah. oh that sounds bomb it is so bomb yeah and like shout out to Sal for eating
1: all the little cheesy bites <laughs> I
2: know I just
0: took like, my yeah. hand I in like, my gave
1: like, him like, the look <laughs> like, I was like casually eating yeah. them as we were talking <laughs> and then I looked at the last one and uh, I thought that was gonna leave the, the last one, one for sex. everyone yeah. oh thanks yeah. I was gonna leave the last one for whoever uh, wanted it but apparently they were joined together <laughs> oh that means you have to take them so back. I'm like okay it was fate yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: It's all right. So you saved me a couple calories right there. I'll buy
1: you breakfast. It's okay. Thank you.
0: Yes. Yeah. You, everybody heard that. Yeah.
2: It's a guilt. It usually yeah. plays yeah. the biggest role. That's how you get me to do anything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, that's, that's awesome, though. Um, we just recently interviewed uh, a young girl from North Carolina, <clears throat> and she is a senior... Uh, about to graduate. She was doing... High school or college? High school. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so we found her on social media because she started following our page and I was really intrigued by her page. She was doing a project on pretty much on immigration and she's been in the U.S. for four years and um, for those that listen to our podcast, the last episode, we pretty much talked about that, but um, something that I thought was really interesting she said was when she came to the U.S., because I asked her, what is one of the things that I think caught her off guard or that she like
1: oh that you that you learned learned here that you wouldn't have learned while you were in Mexico.
0: yeah um and she said that how diverse we are how many like how diverse we are and not only that but how open-minded we are in a way like there's so many different perspectives you know and and i could see that i could definitely understand that um going to guatemala like all my family sees everything a certain way and even growing up in a Latin culture um, with my parents, like they saw it, for example, like dating, dating in a, in, a, in a way, right? It was like it was supposed to go a certain way or like getting into your career. It was supposed to go a certain way, you know, because they're taught this is how it's supposed to be. And yeah. they went through that. Um, my parents, when they started dating, they did everything very traditional you know they my get... parents
1: did everything very traditional <laughs> that's a story we're going to talk about later yeah, we got but to, we got to it was a we'll
0: good one later. um but anyways like so it was just coming from this like very like traditional like culture i guess or one perspective, perspective. Yeah. and so she was that was definitely something that like blew her mind like coming to the US is that everybody's so diverse everybody's so open minded different perspectives i mean there's still people that are very closed minded but it's still different.
1: You, That's know? When, you have to have diversity with opposition, no matter where it is. Because mm-hmm. you, can, you can be as diverse as this country can get, and you will still have people that will disagree with you. And I still find that beautiful. Because you appreciate what you love, and you appreciate what you know, and you have people that see it the same way, but they don't see the world the same way you do. Which, I wouldn't have it any other way. You have to have good with the bad
0: yeah the balance balance but
1: wherever you see that yeah that fits
0: yeah but <laughs> well, that's awesome that's awesome you were able to go to colombia and experience that and, yeah it's um, such
1: beautiful land dude every, sin- every single time i see like uh documentaries or shows or videos of just people going to colombia there's always that saying whereas uh, like Colombia's is dangerous because you'll never want to leave mm, it's yeah. just so beautiful it's like hotel california
2: yeah, go,
0: but you can't come back. Exactly. You can't leave. Something like that. That's going to be the song intro to this. Ooh, that'd be yeah. good. But like a Latin version. Yeah. No, there's a, right.
2: a really rad, uh, you guys listen to Jack Johnson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, like, they mix one song of Jack Johnson with um, Buena Vista Social Club. So okay. it's just like one of his songs, and it starts like normal, and then like it drops, and then like the band Social Club comes in. So oh. it's really dope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love like fusion like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so you were you were saying something earlier about the the Latin Latin Tech Crew. Oh t- yeah. T- tell us a little bit about that group that you were. Yeah.
2: Um, um, so I'm part of a, a group called Tecaria. Um mm-hmm. So it's like Tocaria, but with tech. So essentially it's like uh, Latinos in the US, or actually around the world, there's a lot of people from like different countries, but um, the one common thing is like Latinx within the tech community. Yes. So uh, it started in San Francisco, uh, like a couple guys working in Silicon Valley, and then they launched one in LA. And then right when they launched, I went to like the first event, which was at Google in Venice. And uh, it was just cool to see like, oh man, like there's other people like in the tech industry that looks like me and they're brown and like, Mm -hmm. it's it's really cool. So um, it's been awesome, like connecting with like people that are like here on a green card or here illegally or here for multiple generations like myself, but we have that common ground, but we all know that there's a barrier to get into having these like, high-end tech jobs so um we just try to like help out and my biggest drive to be part of an organization like that is helping people with like resumes and interview process and like things where i really didn't have a huge like mentor or resource to like bounce ideas off of like i try to be that for like people that are going into marketing
1: so yeah nice
0: I don't think we get that enough like I know growing up it's like I didn't have that mentor to like really like okay how do I do college yeah. like should I get a student loan or should I not you know yeah. when there's hundreds and hundreds of scholarships out there like I'm not like badging on loans but just like that's one of the things that I definitely regret I was like man I could have like applied for so many other opportunities and I think that's what pushed me to like let my sister like hey like you got to go like if you want to go to college go to college just know like there's opportunities to apply for and being open-minded about it, being that mentor that I didn't have. So it's interesting to see that, like that's a, a regular thing. I mean, as far as I see in the Latin culture, but I don't know if it's also another thing like without outside of the Latin culture, you know? Um, that's interesting. That's, that's really.
1: I'm glad that now universities are giving people from a minority area a more of a chance to get in to -hmm. colleges even though it's still very hard to get into colleges, there's still some where, like, if they see in your admissions that you're from uh, a certain ancestry, like, oh, you're Hispanic or you're, you're, like, an Islander or you're something like that, Mm -hmm. then some Mm -hmm. colleges see that as an incentive Mm -hmm. to get in. uh, But at the same time, there's people that are just... That are oh, I'm um, Anglo or white or whatever, whatever they say. It's I think Caucasian is what it's on the admissions form, mm-hmm. where they're seeing that oh that's not fair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you think about it, it's not, but but what, what else is does not like it fair it.
2: is just like the privilege they have that yeah. they might be aware or not be aware of, it, and especially if they're a man. So yeah. it's just like mm-hmm. like there's privilege to being white, yeah. you know, like you probably have you probably own a house. You probably live in a little bit better part of the city, you know, you like there's you
1: all of a these
0: mentor yeah. <laughs> you parents that went to college for sure. Or
2: well, you
1: have people that just treat you better.
2: Yeah. You know? So it's, yeah, I think it's like,
1: it's little things that I feel like, uh, some white people don't notice and they don't realize that they take advantage of that. Like even me, I look white as day <laughs> and, uh, some people still notice that i'm hispanic and i want them to because that's part of who i am but uh when people see that i'm white uh i see it as they're looking at me and they they talk to me differently but as soon as i say something sometimes like uh my my mexican comes out you know it just it's, it's me as simple and all of a sudden they're like oh I didn't know you were white. I got people tell me that it changes like or like the tone days. changes, or I'm like, well, it shouldn't have to change, but it still does. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, I have gotten that many times. Like I, I like putting my hair in braids, mm-hmm. and when I go to work, like I work on Fourth Street Rose Park, right? And yeah. It's a very like hipster like hippie yeah, like environment, suburban, you know, yeah. suburban area, yeah. and when I wear braids, first question I get asked at least like once or twice a day is, Are you Native American? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. like, which I don't, yeah. I don't care. I yeah. think I'm totally like, but like, I mean, I'm all open and I love all cultures. So if I get called native American, like, thank you. I was like, Thanks, man. But no, I'm actually Latina. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I claim to be Latina. And, and so it's just, when I say that, they're like, Oh, so where, where, like, we're in Latin America. And then they just go and start asking questions and asking like, Oh, have you tried this food? And I'm like, am I, like, now a professional at, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, like, just because I'm Latina doesn't mean I'm, like, this and this and that, you know, or I know all about this. And it's, mm-hmm. like, which I understand their curiosity. Like, it's totally... Like, I know I've, like, guilty as charged, I've done stuff like that, too. It's, like, yeah. oh, you're from from Europe? Oh, uh, how's the coffee over there? Is it really just, like, espresso or things, like, you know, yeah. whatever. So, it's, like, yeah. I claim to do stuff like that, too. Um, but I can definitely know the difference when... People, as soon as they figure out, like, you're Latina? Like, oh, okay. Like, hmm, what's... Like, they their character changes.
1: And I feel like that's part of uh, how our history just got taken away from us. How there's not really a lot of known history on, like, who we are. Mm-hmm. So people look at us like, what did you guys do? It's like, we actually did a lot. Yeah. It's just, it was never told in a very broad way.
0: Yeah. We've just, like... A lot of these topics, like white privilege, gets pushed out of the door very, very, like, very often. It's, to this, probably up until last year, I really understood the definition of white privilege. Mm. I thought white privilege was just, oh, they're just white and they just, like, get favored. Which, in a way, it is, right? But white privilege goes into such deeper roots where... Even the products we buy to this day as, as women, for example. Like, I don't have that much of an issue, but, like, let's say, like, my cousin. Um, she has curly hair, right? But you go into, like, a store and try to find, like, a shampoo that's going to help her hair. Really not, like... There isn't that as, many. There's not that many. Like, now I feel like it's coming more about a thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, years ago it wasn't a thing, you know? It's just because it was... All these products are made for straight hair. Like, straight... Like blonde hair or something, you know, or even the clothes for like in the women's areas it's just very like only one specific size or one specific like body type, and yeah. it's like your girl over here is little, is short and stubby, you know, she ain't gonna fit into these tall women dresses like yeah. as beautiful as they are. Like I can't invest in that, mm-hmm. you know. I'm I'm not gonna buy it and then go get it altered. So it's like it goes into such deeper meaning, and I think a lot of people try to push it off and. Say it's not there. I but mean,
1: it is. You have, like, the owner of, like, Abercrombie & Finch that I remember, like, a few years ago <clears> I was in like, high school. And he called, he got quoted saying, it was like, oh, my clothes is only for beautiful people.
0: Oh, yeah. That, that was a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was like, so who who's in that category?
0: There is a lot of uh, conspiracy theories and a lot of, like, controversy behind him in a way where the people he would hire would have to just be, like, tall blonde, white, and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, and just so he would get people off his back, he would hire like minorities. But those people that he would hire that were minorities, he would have them work in the back. Yeah. So things like that were just like, so there's a lot of controversy and conspiracy theories and all this stuff with them and Hollister. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, it's interesting to like see that. It's just like, have you looked at the label of your clothes? It's made in Guatemala. It's made in Mexico. It's yeah. made in like, And you're, I don't know, just like grinds my gears in a way, you know, but I think all the best I can do is just speak up about stuff like that. Yeah. And
2: just like, don't purchase it, Mm -hmm. you know, because you have that power. Like the the best thing you can do as a consumer is like not purchase brands that might do that and then Mm -hmm. purchase like brands that might be like Latinx owned or African-American owned or things like that, where you, you, you focus your money on that because that really helps people grow. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Um, well, I'm going to try to finish it off because I know we've been going on for a little bit. Um, sure. But last question, Matt. <laughs> okay. What are some future goals you have with Long Beach Coffee Club, with uh, family, with work, just in general, I guess? It's, it's a big
1: question. Uh... I know, right? Very, very,
0: <laughs> very broad. <laughs>
1: uh... This is a question that gets everybody. I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Yeah. I know. Uh, By the way,
0: I only thought of this question because you asked me this, like, when we were getting to, oh, yeah, to yeah. LA. Oh, yeah, Wow. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, you flipped it on me. Yeah. T-shirt. <laughs> uh, I,
2: I would say, so, Long Beach Coffee Club, it's wild. So, it's been, like, three years now, mm-hmm. and we broke 500 members, which is, like, crazy. That I crazy. literally yeah. thought it was wow. just going to be, like, the three of us and just talking about like nerding out about coffee <laughs> and it's like m- a lot of people, want to learn about coffee and it's, it's rad to see that. And it's interesting to see how the coffee industry right now, as it stands today, it's educating like the baristas, the roasters, the owners, the importers, exporters, everyone, that's a coffee professional, but not so much the consumer. So that's all I'm trying to focus on is just like, okay, like, how can I educate the consumer? And like, if the professionals come and they get educated as well, then it can be like cross-pollination. Um, but I think like for me, it's just like you, you focus on the consumer and like you're golden. And then now we're getting to a size where like people will reach out. Like we had um, uh, a roaster from Iran, um, mm. that one gentleman that was there and that left mm-hmm, early. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to like sponsor us for like coffee and things like that. Oh, and then we have yeah. like bigger brands that, like, do equipment that want to sponsor us. And, like, before, it literally was just me at a coffee shop, like, begging people, just, like, you <laughs> know, teach us something or, like, mm. like look, I have this crazy idea. So um, it's it's really awesome. So I think, like, future goals with Long Beach Coffee Club, um, it's based off of meetups. So that's really important to me mm-hmm. because, like, engaging in person is just so, mu- so much... I-, I think, like more beneficial than engaging online um that i've seen um, and a lot of people come with differences like there will be somebody that's super conservative and somebody that's like super liberal and then somebody that is gay and then somebody that's like really really christian that might like not agree with that but like um they come over for coffee and then they like uh, for me i try to be like 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 you leave everything at the door like everyone like loves everyone here like we're Mm -hmm. here just to like yeah just like focus on coffee and like how we are connected as humans so um i think like focusing on that um and then let's see I don't know like I want to go to origin more and for coffee so I want to like going to origin essentially means like going to where the coffee is grown and then connecting with farmers like Carla's done numerous times I've only done it in Costa Rica so I want to go to Mexico because that's my roots Mm -hmm. um and then Colombia Guatemala and then somehow make my way to Africa but that's like probably like three or four years down the road
1: I had a lot of fun recording that day which one was that cupping? Cupping session. Oh yeah. I had a lot of fun just like, <laughs> being behind the camera just trying to get. You're your more shirt. than welcome to come anytime you want. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I think um, there's like a huge opportunity to like leverage um, like YouTube. Like I, we don't do that right now. Honestly, like I focus on Instagram. So it's like Long Beach Coffee Club and then Meetup. Those are the two. We have a Facebook because um, I would say like fifteen percent of our coffee club is probably, like, baby boomers, so, look a little bit skews, a little older, and it's been awesome, though, because, like, you literally have someone that's, like, 65, and then someone that's 18, Mm. and then, like, the wisdom that they can give to an 18 year old if if the 18 year old listens is yeah. like amazing or the wisdom they can give to myself that I'm 32 so yeah and
1: it's also vice versa because the world has changed exponentially yeah so it's like you see like Gary Vaynerchuk just said like recently in an interview he had where he was saying that um you have today's kids that they're growing up in today's world but you have their parents that are trying to tell them about how things were before mm where it doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. Where things change every 10 years, and now the kids have to adapt, but the parents are still, s- like, seeing things from how they grew up. And they're yeah. basing things off of experience, but it's like adaptability is what you really want to teach kids. So I feel like coffee is a good way to, like, merge that together. Yeah, and it goes, like, both ways. Like, yeah. Because yeah. I feel like every
2: generation can teach every other generation, right? Yeah. So you have, like, Gen Y that's, like, the newest generation. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like I'm a millennial and then there's like Gen X that's probably like, I think 38 to probably like 48 and then baby boomers that are older. So like, I think we all like have been, we have our downsides, but we all have like what we do pretty well, you know, and like, um, and just teach each other. So, uh, I, I haven't locked it in yet, but there's a, uh, a Senate race going on in District 33, which is Long Beach up to, I think, Huntington Park. Mm -hmm. And it's June 4th. So I don't know when this will be released. When will this be released?
0: Not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Sunday. Okay, so
2: probably right after the election. But, like, um, I want to get people together because for, for the Senate, like, in this region, like, I don't know much about politics. And, like, I'm not... I'm usually, like skewed one way i mean no one really does yeah (laughs) and it's just like you hear all these things but like especially for senate like they're going to control like a lot of important things because it's Mm. really localized yeah so it's really important and like there's not a lot of coverage on it so i wanted to get like a group together and just do coffee and politics but like especially now nowadays with like the current administration and like how like, divided we are as a country when, it like, your parents always told you, like, never talk politics, religion, or what, sex, like, with, like, each other, because, like, you have, like, these deep-rooted disagreements, but um, I might try it. (laughs) It it might be, like, the worst event ever, but um, I got uh, a reporter that is willing to help from the Long Beach Post, and um, just to have dialogue, and, like, there's um, one... Uh, Democratic um, candidate that is probably looking like she'll win. That's Lena Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, Guerrero. Um, he's Republican. I'm from some other little city up here. So it starts with a C. Cadney? No, okay. Uh, I, don't I don't know. It's a really little city. It's by like Huntington Park um, oh. area. But uh, and. I don't know. I heard a lot of like <laughs> negative things about um, Lena, and um, usually I would vote that way. But I don't know a lot about Oh Jack Guerrero. and um, he's a super smart guy. Went to Stanford. Got his MBA at Harvard. Very like he's like an economist. So. Looking at that, I'm just like, well, he's super smart, so he can probably, like, fix things. However, like, his stance on immigration is, like, Republican. Like, it's terrible, you know? And, like, um, his stance on, like, women's reproductives, like, that's their business. It's not, like, the government's business. So, like, yeah. it's, like, do I... It's, like, it's an internal dilemma I have right now. But I would love to, like, talk to more people and hear their stance and... Yeah rather than, like, someone expecting to win and not debating and things like that. I think...
1: That's what's... Oh, sorry. You, no, no, yeah. go, ahead, go uh, ahead. Just a
0: really quick thought. I think that would be a really good event. The, that would be and, great. And guys. the reason why is because coffee is a very political, like, hmm. like cash crop, you know? And I think right now how coffee has hit, the like, the lowest price in the market yeah. I think for like, like commodity coffee. Yeah, yeah like I think you know how politics plays into that I think it's just like that's such a great thing so in a way like if you were to even connect it like how it affects our coffee culture hmm. um I mean I know that you won't be the one talking it'd be the your guests yeah. that you invite but I think a lot of people don't know aren't aware of that stuff you yeah. know it could be break out into like a debate but that's why you know you break it into like hey you leave your stuff out the door this is just a place to learn this is a safe place where people are sharing their opinions or perspectives and that's what we're about like i don't know i think that would be a really like rad event because it's just like i don't know i like as far as i've been into been living here in california i've noticed that like coffee is very like connects really with like politics here in the u.s yeah it's it's crazy how like it really does connect
2: Yeah. And I think, um, so I'm reading a book called how to gather and it's amazing. It's like this woman that's like interviewed a bunch of people that like host gatherings and it's just like how to get people together and, um, to gather with purpose and to gather appropriately and with purpose, like there's risk. And it really pushed me to like, okay, like it could ruin the Long Beach Coffee Club in a sense if, like, something goes, like, viral or something bad happens, you know, and, like, the Mm -hmm. coffee and politics, but, like, at the end of the day, like, we have the right to gather. We have the right to, like, have our opinions, but, like, I want to do it in a respectful way. Yeah. So, um, that's why I, like, asked, like, a reporter that's, like, a moderator, um, that has background and just give people like that chance because like we were so busy, like we barely vote for the president, you know? So mm-hmm. there's still like lots of like Latinos out there that like didn't vote, you know? And like, it might've looked different. Um, so
1: if they had the chance, yeah. Yeah.
2: If they had the chance or like they, yeah, they like carved they out were educated time. on it. Yeah. And they're like, this is how important it is, you know? And
1: because
0: it's um, like, I think as, as a millennial, I, didn't grow up in a like in a household where politics was even an like a talk not because it was all like a controversial thing mm-hmm. no my parents weren't aware about it you know I mean my parents have gone and screwed over over lawyers and because my parents don't know how the system works itself yeah. and so as simple as that it's just like they being educated like wasn't a thing you know like it wasn't a, a, a topic that was brought up on our house yeah. and so I think if we were to I don't know, just like, I think it'd be a really good event to like be educated in that because then that pushes, yeah, voters, Um, whether it's millennials or older generations, you know, it's, it pushes them like, oh, okay, so that's what like Republican and Democrats mean, you know, as simple as that.
2: For sure. Because
0: like I said, like I wasn't very educated on that up until like, even in high school, like being a Latina, like it wasn't even, even though we learned about it, it wasn't something I could have really grasped Yeah. because it wasn't like not necessarily dumbed down it just wasn't put in in my perspective or in like the culture that i grew up in you know
2: yeah i like one of my favorite podcasts is like latino usa do you guys watch that Mm -hmm. no No, not watch that listen uh (laughs) podcast (laughs) um the host is amazing she's uh but like a lot of their topics are very much so like uh political and then they do, um, exposes on like artists, like Fat Joe, remember like the rapper yeah, Fat Joe? Yeah. And it's like, he talked about like how depressed he was when like Big Pun died and like all of these things cause they were really close and, um, and like not, there's like this stigma in, I think all culture but specifically in a latino culture that like men can't be depressed like that's not an option for yeah. us so mm-hmm. yeah, that's um, a whole other episode i want to get into it yeah. it's a well, big we slightly one. Yeah. talked
0: about that in the machismo in the machismo episode. one yeah, yeah
2: but mm-hmm. like that and like even like anxiety and like all of these things were like they exist you know and like you yeah. can call it whatever you want to call it but like um and he like opened up about that so i'd hi- highly recommend that mm-hmm. but yeah, Latino, um, USA. Latino USA. Okay. It's dope. It's like a NPR podcast. Nice. Um, so yeah, Leonela like listens to it all the time and she'll like throw ones at me that are like super interesting. If as to do with coffee or sports, like she's like, Oh, this one's on baseball or this one's on <laughs> music. I like music too. Mm. So, um, cool, cool. but yeah, so I, I would say those are probably like future wise um for Long Beach Coffee Club coming back to the question. (laughs) Uh, And yeah. I was so I have this like side project and I'll like finish with this because we could probably talk all day. I know. We can. And and your girlfriend probably wants to get some breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, But I I would say there I have this side project and it's called lore. um, And Uh I haven't really done a ton with it, but Essentially it's like where coffee and culture intersect. So think about like um, Anthony Bourdain, um, like, um, yeah. huge influence um, just how I look at culture Mm -hmm. like how he did Mm -hmm. food and culture and traveled around and then doing that with coffee so like I know like Cubans do like dope things with like espresso yeah and they use like chicory in their coffee and then Vietnamese like not only Latinx just like all over the world so Ethiopian coffee ceremonies to um Colombian they serve coffee a specific way on the streets and like little carts like all hours of the day, so, um, all these little, like, stories, so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's probably, that's what I want to get into, figuring out, okay, like, how can I have the Long Beach Coffee Club, like, self-sustaining, and still going without me, but, like, I can help out, and then from there, then I can work on these other projects that I think they'll all come together, but, um, it's like I can only focus yeah. so much. Eventually, yeah. you know, yeah. eventually
0: everything falls into place. Like, and it takes time. Yeah, yeah. It takes patience. Yeah. yeah, it's done. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so that's what it looks like. Cool. It's, it seems like my future is very coffee centric. So I love it. it I <laughs> love didn't talk it. about you like my career or anything, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Cool. We'll keep me posted. For um, sure. Yeah. Keep us posted on everything for yeah. sure. Um Cool. Well, thanks again for joining us yeah, on the podcast. Man, I know it was probably a little bit longer than it should have, but you know, <laughs> hey, I'm not mad about it. I Me mean, neither. <laughs> um, so that's that. I made it this far. Uh, once again, <laughs> I want to give you guys great appreciation letting you know that we, we see you guys tuning in. We really are always looking forward to like giving you guys good content and it's just meeting people and making good communication, good genuine conversations um but yeah thank you guys and i don't know if you have anything else
1: i just want to thank you matt it was an honor and a pleasure and i hope that we have you on the podcast again and
0: or even future. just like or, have coffee and just, or hang just out. have coffee yeah, yeah.
1: And hang out mm-hmm. yeah
2: i would love that yeah.
0: oh yeah yeah <laughs> so A ah, unos. Pues.